at 6498 Colchester Road in Fairfax County, Virginia, you'll find a seemingly ordinary one-lane concrete tunnel. In any other state, in any other county, in any other road, this overpass, once known as Colchester Bridge, would go as unnoticed as the ground below it. But here, in Fairfax County, stop by on the wrong night, and you might find yourself face-to-face -face with an axe-wielding individual in a bunny costume, one with a hunger for blood and for a desire to hang its victims from the bridge under which it stands. Welcome to Myths, Mysteries, and Monsters. The world is full of myths, stories passed down from generation to generation. Mysteries haunt us. Monsters hunt us. Today, we're haunted by the mystery of a person who stalked a night in Fairfax County looking for new victims. First, we'll look at the two most prominent legends of the Bunny Man. Then, we'll unravel the stories looking for the truth. And finally, we'll look at the true story and what really happened all those years ago. Part 1. The Legends Last night, I saw upon the stairs a little man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. Oh, how I wish he'd go away. William Hughes Mearns our first story begins in the mid-1800s, when the town of Clifton, Virginia was just getting its feet off the ground. At the time, the Civil War had taken its toll on the population, creating a difficult environment for many. As so, it still wasn't uncommon for men to leave home for hours at a time, to hunt just to supply his family with food. One fateful day, a man would do justice. He kissed his wife and child goodbye and went out to hunt for that day's meal. After several hours, he returned expecting to find everything just as he had left it, but to his shock, he was greeted with the mutilated bodies of his wife and child. In a panic, he got in touch with the local sheriff, and after some investigation, the sheriff could find no suspects, which led him to believe the man himself had murdered his wife and child. Despite his incredible denials, he was arrested. The mental toll of losing his family and then being accused of the horrific crime was too much for the man to bear, and he was placed in a mental institution. Still, he vowed to escape and get his revenge on all those who came his way. Sometime later, he fulfilled his first promise and escaped the institution, returning to town. But as he was being hunted, he could only live in the woods, ending up near the bridge. As the days went on, he would hunt rabbits, eating their insides and using their skin as clothing. Locals would find evidence of eviscerated rabbit carcasses around the woods, hanging off branches of trees. Seeing this, they gave him the nickname, The Bunny Man. Soon the interest in this bunny man would lead children to want to witness the crazed individual, but when these children began disappearing, the local sheriff was asked to investigate. Upon arriving at the bridge, the sheriff was met with a horrific, yet familiar sight. Hanging from the trees and parts of the bridge were the dead bodies of the children, mutilated in the same fashion the man's wife and child had been years before. The laughter of the bunny man caught the attention of the sheriff, who was just in time to watch the bunny man meet his end from an oncoming train ending his life, but not his legend. It's said, to this day, you can still hear the bunny man's laughter to the trees near the overpass, and if you look close enough, you can see the marks the ropes used to hang the bodies of the children left on the overpass itself. The second story of the bunny man takes place in the early 1900s. There is said to have been an insane asylum buried deep in the woods of the Clifton wilderness. After the Civil War, many people began building a town in Clifton. As the population grew, they enjoyed their picturesque way of life and the beauty their town had grown into. The only thing that kept the townsfolk up at night was a nearby insane asylum. 
1903, a petition was signed to move the patients in the insane asylum to an asylum much farther away, at what eventually became known as the Lorton Reformatory. The petition passed, and in 1904, the patients were packed into a bus to be driven there. Mere moments into the drive, the bus driver lost control of the bus and smacked into a tree. Though many were injured, those that weren't escaped the bus running into the woods. Police arrived hours later, searching for the missing men. After four months, the police had found all except two, Marcus A. Walster and Douglas J. Griffin. During their search, they kept coming upon the dismembered half-eaten bodies of rabbits. In some cases, they were strung up on trees as if to showcase the bodies. For some reason, the local townsfolk attributed the bunny man nickname to Marcus, believing he was the one killing and eating the rabbits found in the woods. The police began to give up hope, believing the men had fled the area. But during a search of the bridge, they found the body of Marcus, skinned and half-eaten. It was here the police and townsfolk realized the true bunny man was Douglas J. Griffin. The police searched for several more days, but after finding no more dismembered bodies of rabbits or any other clues that Douglas was still in the woods, they ended their search. Three months later, in April of 1905, the townsfolk began finding dismembered bodies of dead rabbits all throughout the town. They began to fear the bunny man had returned. There were even reports of a man in white clothing lurking through the dark. But as the months went on and no one was hurt or attacked, the fears began to subside yet again. On Halloween 1905, Several kids went to drink and hang out near the bridge where the body of Marcus had been found. Around midnight, all but three had left, and come morning, those three would wish they had joined their friends. Their bodies were found hanging from the bridge, throat slashed and gutted for all to see. From then on, the bridge became known as the Bunnyman Bridge. A year later, in 1906, the legend of the Bunnyman had already overtaken the interest of the local teenagers. A group of seven, including Adriana Hatala, made their way to the bunny man's bridge on halloween night adriana was concerned of staying under the bridge at midnight and had tried to convince her friends to leave but they all refused thinking the legend was just that a legend as midnight approached adriana left her friends for her own safety but after a few feet light above the bridge caught her eye she could see what looked like a man holding a light walking towards the bridge from the top while her friends stood chatting away in the overpass before she knew it the man and the light were above her friends and a flash of light blinded her. As her eyes adjusted, she heard the shrieking and the horrific cries of her friends. When she could finally see, she caught the last few moments of their bodies being hung from the bridge, swaying lifeless in the dark. She ran home as fast as she could, but told no one as the shock had rendered her incomprehensible. The townsfolk put the story together themselves the next day, but as there had been no evidence the bunny man was still around, the town believed her to be the true culprit. Adriana was charged with the six murders and placed in an insane asylum. The town was quiet for the next few years, and they believed the horrific deaths were all over, until 1913, when the bodies of nine teenagers were found murdered in the same way, hanging from the bridge on Halloween night. The town, knowing that they had made an error charging Adriana, dropped her sentence, but it was too late. Adriana had been affected from the last seven years in the institution and lost her mind. She died in 1953, still in the asylum. The cause of death was listed as shock while sleeping. Murders under the bridge continued to happen for years to come. Halloween of 1943, six teenagers were found dead. In 1976, another three. In 1987, four more dead, with one catatonic witness. Legends say if you walk to the Bunnyman's Bridge on Halloween night, and you see a dim light walking the tracks above the bridge, that's the soul of the Bunnyman, waiting and hoping for victims to enter the tunnel below him. 
Those were the two most prominent legends about the bunny man. But seeing as they both share similarities, they both can't be true. Right? Part 2. Unraveling the Terror Maybe all the schemes of the devil were nothing compared to what man could think up. Joe Hill from the novel Horns Legends and scary stories are fun and interesting to listen to. Some even have a lesson to learn or a warning to heed. But the two stories we've told today seem to only be built to scare. Let's break down what's true and false of each story before we can determine what really built the legend of the bunny man. The first story seems pretty hard to disprove at first glance, but also makes it hard to believe. The man in question has no name. Wife and child are also not given names, therefore making it difficult to say if he even really existed. The town of Clifton was established after the Civil War, as a railroad siding was needed and built there for the Orange and Alexandria Railroad to make it easy to deliver supplies to the Union Army. With the land being cleared of trees and wood, it was then used to build up a settlement, but it wasn't incorporated fully as a town until March 9, 1902, making that part of the story debatable. Very debatable. But the part of the mental institution is what gives it away. There actually wasn't a mental institution anywhere near Clifton. The closest one at the time of when the story allegedly happened was the Central State Hospital, back then known as the Central Lunatic Asylum, 125 miles away. This also disproves the second predominant legend of the Bunny Man, especially since there are no records of an insane asylum transferring their patients in 1904. Another piece of evidence against that specific piece of that story is the Lorain Reformatory wasn't built until 1910, six years after the story takes place. And as far as the two main characters to the second story, there are no records of a Marcus A. Walster or Douglas J. Griffin, no matter how many pages down Google you go. Do you know what happens when you reach the end of the relevant search results pages on Google? I do now. No matter how you search for the names, almost all seem to be linked to the Bunny Man legend, and none point to them being real people who existed. There are no records of a group of kids being killed or strung up on a bridge in any of the years listed in the stories, as well as no record of Adriana Hatala anywhere in the Virginia death records. I tried different variations of the name, as some stories have her name being Adrian Hatala, yet no variation gave me the records of her death or even existing. It seems to me, as the stories of the Bunny Man spread more and more, people started adding their own little flair to the stories, adding pieces, people, and events that they knew others wouldn't go and check, which is what all urban legends really are. In researching the legend of the Bunny Man, I found plenty of variations to the story. Some are a mix of the two that we told earlier today. Some say the Bunny Man was given a name because he murdered his family on Easter. Some variations say it was Douglas who killed his family after the Civil War and placed in an insane asylum, never once mentioning Marcus, while other variations place a story in the mid-1900s instead of the late 1800s or early 1900s. So that's it. Bunny Man never existed, and this has all been urban legend after urban legend, mainly about a creepy overpass in the woods, right? Part 3. The True Mystery Hell is empty. All the devils are here. William Shakespeare from The Tempest in researching this legend, I didn't expect to find a true story. I believed it was all just an urban legend, a myth that I would regulate to a week when I tell a story of a myth. Instead, what I found was a mystery that spawned a myth. The true story of the Bunny Man comes from the hard work of Fairfax County archivist Brian Connolly, who after years of responding, we don't know where the legend comes from, took it upon himself to do the extensive research into the legend. In 2002, he published a paper laying out the truth of what actually led to the creation of the urban legend. Here is a true story of the Bunny Man. On the cold evening of October 18, 1970, Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett and his fiancée were sitting in the car of the 5400 block 
of Guinea Road near the home of Bennett's uncle. The hour was closing in on midnight when a man appeared through the darkness wearing what looked to be a gray or white suit. Bennett claims the man also had what appeared to be bunny ears on his head. But what Bennett didn't notice at first was the wooden hatchet the man was carrying in one hand. The man yelled at the couple, screaming that they were trespassing on private property. The couple, clearly shocked, didn't react at first. But then the man lifted his arms with the hatchet above his head and threw it with such force it smashed through the front window. Neither were hurt, but they quickly reversed, leaving the crazed man and watching as he disappeared into the woods. Two weeks later, on October 30th, people began reporting seeing a man in a bunny costume hacking away at a newly built house on Guinea Road, just a block away from the original sighting. A private security guard, Paul Phillips, spotted the man standing on the front porch of one of the homes. He approached him, asking what he was doing. The bunny man began hacking at the pole of the porch, in front of him, yelling, All you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you on the head. Paul turned around to get a weapon out of his car, but when he turned back around, the bunny man was gone and only caught a quick glimpse of him running into the woods. The Fairfax County Police conducted an investigation into the events, looking for a male possibly in his late teens or early 20s with a bunny costume, but weren't able to turn up anything conclusive. Eventually, the police deemed the case inactive. Since then, there hasn't been any other sightings or clues as to who was the bunny man. As for the bridge, he was never even seen near or around the bridge. But the underpass of that bridge has always been a hangout spot for kids and a bit creepy. Some speculate with the urban legend of the bunny man growing, someone took the creative license to incorporate the bridge into that legend. Theories of who was in a costume are far and few between, as there are no clues or leads. Was it a man who owned some property nearby? Someone angry at the new development happening in his town? It's a mystery that might never be solved. But if he was 20 years old back in 1970, he might still be around today. And the bunny man just might make another appearance this Halloween. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Myths, Mysteries, and Monsters. My name is Hector. Script and research is done by E.L. Soto. Sources are in the show notes for further reading. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating, a review, or subscribe for more. And remember, always look behind you. <laughs>